you know, I feel like I have life everlasting thanks to this Geek Grind Coffee. Totally not affiliated or sponsored in any manner. No, literally, we're not sponsored in any manner. Geek Grind, sponsor us. We drink your coffee. Thank you. Also, Critical Hit Cookies. We eat your cookies, too. Mm. Hashtag sponsor Every day. Okay, so we're, um, we're, we're going to get started. But first, before we get started, foundlings, I did want to let you know that we have a Patreon. And if you enjoy our content and you want to continue listening to our content and you want to get it early or hear bonus stuff or listen to another series that we're putting out there, check out our Patreon, I guess. Guess? Yeah, I guess. Once again, I have to reiterate that supposedly a bronze tier seeker makes exactly three crow every month. And I have been informed that though I have been uh, in a four month time skip that I have exactly zero crow because I have to spend it all just in order to survive. In order to help us make ends meet with this podcast, buy new materials and constantly produce content for you. Please do consider going to our Patreon at bit.ly forward slash support MRPF to get exclusive and bonus content, early releases to episodes, and special goodies as we release them. Yeah, it lets us know that you you like our content enough that we should keep making it, I guess. I mean, we might get, we'll still probably make it regardless, but yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop talking Thanks now. for coming to my TED Talk. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk, all right. It's not like we wanted your likes, Baka. Stupid. Baka, sundere desu. Like, I want your attention. Gosh. <laughs> meow. Meow. It's late and we had coffee. <laughs> Hello, foundlings, and welcome back to another episode of the Gage Chronicles. This is Chronicle 1, Chapter 54. Thank you both for nodding and telling me I did a good job on, on doing the intro. As you all should know by this point, my name is Emily. I am your game master and host for this series, chronicle, episode, podcast. I do all the things. And also, I'm joined today at my table by my two lovely masculine players who are both trying to flex on me, I guess. Anyway, my two uh, players. Hello. Introduce yourselves, I guess. So, uh oh. <laughs> no, don't shoot. Not in his Charles. Oh, hi. I'm Quentin. I play Charles Smoot, 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York, currently returning after having been on a brief time skip from dilation from your perception and reality, as we will be picking up in today's episode. And my name's Jaden, and I play Finevere Avere. Yes, return to form, as he has uh, taken some time to find himself and found out he does not like being... Always tired college student, which is just a college student, I guess. Yeah, if you're not tired, you're not doing it right. So, foundlings, I don't know if you know, but we know that we've done something. And you know what that is? No, you don't. But I'll tell you. We have moved over from Pathfinder 1st Edition to 2nd Edition. Yay! Woo! So we move to second edition. This is going to be a big change for us. Don't judge us because we are still learning the rules. Uh, not everything has been completely converted over. I have done my best. And, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you a secret. I wrote an archetype already. Which you can find by going to our Patreon. Uh-huh. 
So we hope that you'll continue to stick around with us and either learn the game with us or kind of listen and hear our amazing audio and content with great quality as Quentin is flipping pages. I am so uh, hyped up right now. All right. I think it's about time that we get started. If you don't know this ambiance by now, have you even been listening? Peaceful ambiance. Honestly, have you been listening? We begin by panning in over a cityscape of sorts, a familiar location of Lamb's Respite. We see in the distance the plateau where the keep sits above all else and the giant walls which surround it. We then zoom in. We see a cloaked figure in a cart, rain pouring down on top of him and his wagon being drawn by a delicate-looking Aquinthian. Finally, the wagon pulls into the city and comes to a stop where our unknown rider steps off. We then follow the figure as he makes his way up the long flight of stairs in the rain until finally he finds himself inside the keep of Lamb's Respite, the Seeker's base. Our cloaked figure steps into the large hall of the guild, seeing that there are a number of people here. It seems busier than before. And he takes down his hood, and we see a familiar face of Finevere Avere. Jaden, why don't you take a moment and reintroduce Finevere and re-describe this man, boy thing that we see. Man, boy child. <laughs> Finevere is... You know, about a, a five foot ten brown haired young man in his I guess early twenties. Oh, he had a birthday that passed recently. Oh he too. does, yeah. So Finn is now twenty-four as his uh birthday came by and passed unceremoniously. Sad face. Sad face. Finn takes down his hood, brandishing updated scent of his uh, adventuring clothes, brandishing his family crest, the uh Amaryllis, the pin on his uh, his left shoulder at the top of his bandalore, and his new lightweight set of gear as he's had to fend for himself and ha- can't rely on lagging behind. And he'll take a look around. See, it seems the more things change, the more they stay the same. Quentin's gonna be... <laughs> no, no, I, I get it now. Like, time changes, but the Seeker's Guild will stay the same, so the more things change, the more no, things No, but I just watched your face, you're like... Well, I had to think about it for a second. Sorry, Jaden. I'm not, we're just we're, we're we're I'm hyper. I had coffee. I had coffee too. He'll walk around brandishing a new habit as he kind of handles his shiny balls. Yeah. <laughs> handles a pair of ball bearings as has become a new habit of his, and he makes his way to the front desk to find out if his stuff's still here. For one, what stuff? What was his that gnome? The gnome I thought went with you. No, I, I couldn't. I, it's too many uh, relics. I, I don't he know why. It. Uh, okay. Otherwise, I would have been using it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, you do uh, have your special item, your dear little carry-all, loyally trudging behind you. It's been lasting all this time. With a VIP in the passenger seat. Isabel. Yes, she's still here. <laughs> he couldn't get rid of her, even if you wanted to. If it wasn't for the curse, the cheap therapy throws this over the edge. It's a deal in the making. 
Okay, so, Finavir, you walk confidently up towards the information desk. Roll a perception check as you are doing so. 21 for perception, yes. Thank you, Jaden. I really... I need to calm down the responses. (laughs) Enthusiasm! Rolls! Okay, so, as you have entered in the building, you know that it is sort of late afternoon, though you couldn't really tell based upon the dark clouds looming and the rain that is pouring down outside. The interior of this building is lit with sconces. They're not really using anything fancy right now. Sometimes they did in the past, but it looks like their power cores might have run out. There might be a few uh, runs needed for that. But as you are walking by the numeric rank boards, your eyes spot your name. You are at the very bottom of the steel tier of Seekers right now. And there are 107 names on that list. No me. It used to be like 60 or something. And additionally, you quickly scan the area around it and you see the names of your comrades. Charles Smoot, Kelsey Kissinger, and Valen Gray listed on the bronze tier board. And they are within the top five. Six months have passed. And clearly, your friends have been very busy. Well, I guess I have some catching up to do. Nowhere to go but up. He says, with hope in his voice, We shall see, audience. We shall see. Finn's been through some hard stuff. He's ready this time. Ah, yes. Emotional trauma and turmoil. He had to sit through math class. I relish it. So, Finnevere. Once again, though, you are about to experience some emotional damage as you see the line at the information desk. Well, maybe it'd be quicker just to pop back and see if the room's empty. Yeah, he's gonna he- he's gonna head back up and he's gonna dry off and okay. then so Finn, do just, some inquiring. Just for the sake of mm-hmm. old times, let's see if you remember where your room is. Oh no. Uh, what would you ask of me, GM? Ah, I see. We could make this a roll. A seeker lore. A seeker lore roll. Yes. A recall knowledge. Yes. The newest role. Lore. Lore seeker? Lore seeker. So, dear audience, if you don't know, in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, similar to how lore was added in the Unchained variant rules, now in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, lore is a permanent stat and has replaced the knowledge local skill. And instead, everybody has very specific lores that they get. Now, to be more specific, it has replaced all knowledge skills. All knowledge skills, except for arcana, occult. Yeah, but those aren't knowledge skills anymore. They're their own separate (sighs) skill. There is no spellcraft. There's a lot of other things. We'll go over this as we play. I think this this helps me learn, too. So you're learning with me, audience. Yeah! Woo! Okay, what was your roll? 16. I will say that... It takes you some extra time. So it's not a it's not a success. But in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, we have degrees of success and failure. Mm-hmm. So it takes you longer than it would have if this had been maybe a month or two. You can't exactly remember what floor. You think it was like maybe floor five, but then you go there. It's not that floor. <laughs> yeah, he's just going around with this little RC uh, box that's following him everywhere. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, if you were better with the directions... <laughs> He says to the box and also to Isabel, who's sitting on the box, frowning. She is wet. 
Mm. And a doll. And a doll. She'll get moldy at some point. Anyway, Finavir, you do manage to find the room. I think me as the GM put you guys on the second floor. I mean, I could go through my notes. I have my no, notes. No, it is the second floor. Valen ah. was on the fourth or the fifth floor because he Valen had the was on the fifth room. floor. Yeah, he had he was on the fifth floor, the highest room. All right, he'll unpack the the bulk of his things. Rub his little gnome huh. if it's there. Yeah, you probably locked things up in your little chest. Your door didn't lock. Your chest did. All of Finn's stuff got burned, including the key to that box. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, he pulls out a set of thieves' tools. Um, uh, well, I guess I should be grateful. The opportunity to improve my skills life has given me. All right. So, would you like to unlock that pick? I would Wait. like to pick <laughs> that lock with my lock pick. I see. So you would like to pick? Un- pick. Unlock that pick. Unlock <laughs> that thing with the, the lock pick. With, with the pick. Yeah. No, no, you had it right, Jaden. Someone else here. I'm fine. Who's GMing and hosting all at the same time. I, I pick what I lock. All right, so he's going to pick that lock. I was trying to be creative, and it failed. So please go ahead and roll your thievery. That'd be a 19. All right. Since this is a relatively simple lock, and, you know, it really wasn't meant to prevent too many people from getting into it, it's just a what they call a discouragement. You're able to pick the lock. It falls off. It's slightly rusted. Honestly, you probably need to replace the lock as you notice that several parts of it are starting to um, rust. And besides, you don't have a key. You open up the chest and you see that your gnome is in there along with anything else that you had left behind. If anything else was left behind. Yay, random rope and casks and water skins. Uh, He would rub the gnome on the hip At least someone here waited for me. You feel a tingling sensation in your fingers. Quentin, stop it. I didn't tingle. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There are things I don't want to say ever again or hear ever again, and that's one of them. It's a Marvel reference. (laughs) So, Finn, you get your gnome. You're in your room. You dry off a little bit. And then what happens? Uh, he's going to start investigating. He'll uh, he'll start asking around if anyone's seen a very grumpy old man and his uh, ragtag group of adventurers. You go around asking people on the floor that you're on. You go to a few different floors. Nobody has seen anyone of that description recently, though some of them do recognize the description overall. Oh, that grump? Ugh, can't stand the guy. I lost an arm wrestling competition in once. Hey, you ever see that sweet piece of candy he's got with him? I think that's his daughter, though, so don't tell him I said that, okay? And this guy runs off. But nobody has seen them recently. You do think, though, that perhaps if they aren't here and they've been doing missions, that perhaps talking with someone at the information desk might help. I mean, he'll stay here for days if need be. So he will eventually, begrudgingly, stand and wait in the information line. Alright, so I want you to roll 2d6s for me. That's a 1 and a 6. You wait there for 16 minutes in line. It could have been worse. It could have been worse. It could have been an hour and 6 minutes. It'll never be less than 10 minutes. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) Never again. But you walk up to the information desk. You see it is a girl with blonde hair. It's parted to the right. You recognize her. She is Nora. 
Good to see you again. Hello, hello. Welcome to the information desk. It's good to see you again. Uh, she takes a really long, uh. How long can you hold that, uh? Now, hold on. I can hold this. Let me roll two D6s. <laughs> 63 minutes. I'm kidding. <laughs> Imagine. She holds this for a solid 15 seconds before she says, Benavir. Am I right? I believe I'm right. I'm usually never wrong. Uh, you you indeed are right. Well, I'm so glad that you come back to us. We uh, were considering having to take you off the board. We thought that you might have died and somebody would have had to come and get your things. Well, <laughs> well welcome back. Well, it's good to be back. Um, trying to look for the rest of my uh, party as we've been separated for some time. I see. Well, I also need to let you know there's a few things here. You are on a probationary list. Uh, you could be potentially removed from the guild if you don't start picking up some quests there, buddy. <laughs> uh, uh, we gotta fix that. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, you said you were looking for your party? Uh, yes. I believe that they are currently on a mission. They should be returning relatively shortly, though. All right. I'll just stay around for a few days. Maybe I can pick up some uh, some light mission work. We pan into a new scene. Three intrepid adventurers are currently running for their lives away from some giant unknown beast that is chasing them through a canopy of trees. They currently charge through and um, we're gonna do like this like action cut shot where all three of these people are very recognizable to us as we see two men and a woman. One of them, the oldest of the group, a large man who is actually currently at the tail of the group ushering everyone on. Audience, we see flash across our screens a freeze frame, and a name tag appears across the screen. Charles Smoot. 57-year-old biology teacher, born and raised in upstate New York. Mountain of a man standing at six foot six. He has slicked back, gray, almost whitening hair at this point. But do not let his age deceive you, for he is a muscular, well-built barbarian of an individual currently clad in masterwork chain armor and wielding a large bastard sword. Beautiful. Next up, we see the young woman. Across the screen, we just see, in a freeze frame, Flash, Kelsey Kissinger. She is a young woman of probably a mature age. I think, like, I think she's 22 now. She's currently wearing her standard green jacket, but has also upgraded her gear to something more adventuresome. She appears more fit and a little bit more muscular overall. And she has several scars that are very prominent on her arms. And one that travels from the back of her right shoulder slightly towards her collarbone. She charges forward. And then we have another freeze frame. And you see across the screen, Valen Gray, our other intrepid adventurer, the supposed king killer, currently fleeing for his life. He's no longer dressed in the wealth and colors of Raylun, but is rather dressed in more adventuresome clothing with more muted colors and more mundane. But the action continues and we fade into the scene as our party is traveling. Charles Smoot, there is something currently behind you guys. You see ahead of you is the mirror gate. Hurry up, everybody. We got to get through. All right. What's the code again? You guys finally reach it to the gate. You hear this thing. The trees are falling in the background. They're shaking. And you also hear the tiny clicking and clattering of metallic objects against stone walls. What? You, you don't know the code? I believe it wasn't my job to remember the code. Phelan, do you know the code? No, it's this one. And he runs up and he starts pressing on the buttons. The mirror gate activates. All right, I'm going first. Kelsey runs through. 
Right, Charles. After you, ladies first. Uh, he runs through. And then Charles Smoot will linger just a little bit to see if he can catch a glimpse of the creature before he steps through the gate. As you do, you see as these tiny metallic objects, these little round spheres with legs start charging at you. They have little red eyes, and you know that every time they get too close, they explode. Nope, nope, all kinds of nope. And Charles Smoot just jumps through the gate. Beautiful, I need you to roll a fortitude save, please. I had a five. It looked much bigger from over don't, here. Don't worry, a total 17 for Charles Smoot. Okay, so... It's barbaric. Charles Smoot, you pass through the mirror gate. You feel your body suddenly get lurched forward, and you suddenly arrive to the other side, stepping into the stone room, and you see around you are the archivists who are currently looking at you all, as well as carrying their loads of relics and tablets of sorts. You currently see as Valen is leaning over, vomiting on the floor. Kelsey shivers a little bit, but she stands upright. Oh, thank God the reverse didn't hit us. How, how's Smoot holding up? You're okay. Come on, Valen, you gotta bolster your fortitude a little bit. You're looking a little weak here, Prince. I'm working on it. At least he didn't get hit by the worst of it. <sighs> Remind me later to chew Eden out. Four months and another dead end. Well, we didn't exactly complete this mission anyway. We're just supposed to explore this. Oh, dang it. I think one of those things got me. And she looks over and you see that there's a small gash on her arm from some shrapnel that must have hit her from these exploding creatures. What the hell were those things? Valen pipes in. I don't know. Eight legs, one eye, shoots lasers, explode on sight. Should we just try and go back later? Or do we just go up to the information desk? I mean, as Kelsey said, I guess we were just supposed to survey the area. It was pretty well surveyed. I mean, we barely got halfway through, so <laughs> I hope they pay us. Well, only one way to find out. Uh, Charles Smoot will, with the rest of his group, begin making his way up to the information desk. To see if uh, he has completed enough of this quest uh, in order to get any form of compensation. So, Charles Smoot, you make your way up the steps, followed by both Kelsey and Valen. You've been at this for several months now, doing all these quests and missions. This one that you picked up, well, you did just because you had the spare time, and Eden hadn't really given you too many other missions besides this. She was sort of particular about you keeping up with your advancement in the guild. After all, she informed you that the only way that she could help is if you upheld your end of the bargain to aid the guild. But you open the upstairs doors using your seeker badge, and you enter back into the keep. Stepping out from the back room, which is connected to the information desk area, you hear a familiar voice at the front of it. Nora's, but also one that you haven't heard in months. And you see as you walk around the side, Finnevere, Avir, standing there. His back is turned to you. He's gazing off into the distance slightly as if he's reminiscing and possibly telling a very long story. And everyone else behind him at the information desk line is groaning as they wait just as he had to wait. Do any of my party members take any action towards him? Kelsey nudges you, and Valen... Valen hasn't been quite attentive 
recently. You've noticed that he, whenever he comes back, he seems to just branch off from you guys and go back to a side area. Have you guys been staying at the guild, paying for a room here, or have you been staying outside? I'd assume staying at the guild would be the cheapest option. (laughs) It could be. Oh, wait a minute. No, I know exactly what we would be doing. We would be utilizing that trader's house because he doesn't need it anymore. We've been breaking and entering into John Xavier's estate. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a free pad. Yeah, so Valen usually just goes out. You know he's been having a rough time of it. Um, There has been news that's been circulating that has finally reached to Lamb's respite about him being the air quote king killer of Rayland. The Seekers themselves don't seem to care so much, but sometimes there are glances from the regular folk who have disdain towards these people, though many don't recognize him since they have no knowledge of this family's lineage. He usually just goes by Vey now. But you see Finn, and Kelsey is waiting for your signal. Grumble, grumble, grumble. He never responded to the letter I sent him. I don't even know if to be delivered the letter. She jokingly nudges you again. Dad? (laughs) And she does this whenever you're being like this. Fine. He gets two minutes to explain himself. She chuckles. You know you missed him. Charles Smoot will indignantly begin stomping towards the front of the information desk, pushing anyone who stands in his way out of his way. I'm sure to the chagrin of many people who are impatiently waiting in line. Oh, that's a really good word. Chagrin. All right, I'm adding that to my vocabulary. This is Vocabulary Day, guys. Yay! Today's episode has been brought to you by Chagrin. All right, uh, Charles Smoot, could you do me a favor and roll an intimidation? Uh, total 21 for Charles Smoot. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, they know you. And you you are very keen on bullying the steel-tiered seekers, which are usually the people waiting in line the longest. A lot of the higher-tiered seekers tend to push around these weaker comrades. They don't care so much. You are among those. Also, you've beaten almost half the people in this room in an arm wrestling match. That's how you've made a lot of money. Much to Eden's dismay. And she has scolded you quite often for this. Maybe if you paid me more, Eden, I wouldn't have to gamble. Maybe if she bet on someone else, maybe she wouldn't be so upset. (laughs) But you push your way through. Walking up behind this friend of yours, who's not even paying much attention, go ahead and roll a perception check, Finevere, to see if you hear these, if you're distracted too much, or if you hear these steps behind you. 21. You definitely hear as someone is approaching behind you. Would you turn, or are you too engaged in your storytelling? Uh, he probably be focused on, he could hear someone, but I was like, ah, no, it's a safe place, I'll be fine. Okay, well, okay. Give us the the spiel of what story's going down right now. And I kid you not, more than a hundred sheep blocked the path. Not once, but twice. Oh, yeah. No, I've heard all about the sheep before. They're a a menace to society. I'm surprised there wasn't a quest up for it. I swear, whoever has a shepherd up there ties in with with the crown. You know what the secret is? We're lambs respite. We can't kill the sheep. It would be illegal. Well... If the quest ever does show up, let me know. It would be at this point that Charles Smoot would just walk up right behind Finnevere and punch him in the shoulder. Uh, oh, um, roll the hit. Uh, 24 to hit. Okay, it definitely hits. <laughs> that 
<laughs> I had an idea. So I just realized, Finnevere, you didn't get the name, the name across the screen. So right now, as you get punched in the back and you kind of flail, like, splay forward a little bit, there's a freeze frame. It's a Finnevere of you. But it's not from the front. It's from the back where you're falling and just freeze frames are there. And across the screen, we just see, like, a giant stamp and a your name banner. Finnevere of beer as he's falling forward. In a quick breath, uh, Finn will draw his dagger and swing around to to meet the aggression of uh, whoever's behind him. My favorite freeze frame of all time. If somebody doesn't animate this, I'm going to be sad. I really want to see this. Okay, anyway. So you get punched. It's a pretty solid punch. And you, as you said, you unsheath your dagger and quickly turn. Your reflexes have improved over the past month or so as you, you were secretly training yourself to be prepared in case anything happened while you were on the road. I need to become chewier for Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> you turn and you see a large, towering man. His broad shoulders are blocking out the light, and his front is almost shrouded by the dark of the stormy weather. Inside. Inside. Well, the sconces are lighting him from behind, but after a moment, he kind of shifts his body back, standing more upright, and you see that Charles Smoot is sneering down and looking at you, his fist drawn back, as you can tell that he must have been the one to punch you. Lower the dagger from presumably his throat. His throat? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he turned around with, like, aggressive intent. It's like oh, So, like, the very tip of your dagger is barely reaching to his throat. You're, you're kind of, like, leaned down in a defensive pose as well, because you're, like, regaining your posture. Mm-hmm. But you take away the dagger. And you'll see that it's good to see you, Smoot. You've kept very well. You've kept alive. Kelsey walks over. Oh, come on, you boys. This is ridiculous. I mean, what? You didn't even care to write. The gruff looks on their faces of aggression just like melt and thin, just like whole whole arm, whole body hug Smoot. Smoot's hugging him. He didn't even care to write the entire time. Oh, don't cry, because I'm, I'm going to cry here. <laughs> she comes in for a hug, too. She, her arms can't reach around both of you, so she's, like, half-hugging, and there's, like, these partial tears. Meanwhile, everyone in the line is like, Ugh! Oh, right. I, I'm done. I mean, because I'm, like, all waddle as a group, like, like to the side. Smoot tur- turns around to the stare at all of them. Bite me. <laughs> the three of them would step to the side to have their conversation outside of the information desk line. You see that the small cafeteria area is currently very busy, but there is some open seating if you would like to sit down. So yeah, we'll we'll take a seat. <sighs> Kelsey looks around. Um, did you guys want me to get you anything? I was actually going to get myself some um, warm beverage. Ah uh, yes, generic insert warm beverage here. I too would appreciate one. Ah uh, yes. I'm a fan of warm beverage. Yeah, it's like that place that place that's close to eat. I hear they've got the best warm beverage. They have the best warm beverage. I also like their food. The mm. one that you can eat. It's so close. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so good at this. Alright, um, I'll be back with that beverage. Make sure it's warm! I thought that was implied. She gets up and walks away, leaving you two at the table, either for an awkward silence or for a very engaging moment. So, uh, it's raining. But it is. It, it rained much where you have been. 
No, not really. It's I've been inside. I couldn't get away to even check. Ah, in, inside. Yeah, that's, uh, we, we've been doing a lot of outside. I'm sorry I didn't tell you, Smoot. I was afraid of what you'd say or what you'd think. I only left home to to find my family, so I thought I thought I found it, and I met my grandfather. There's this whole big legacy set up for me, and be a great merchant, one of the richest families in the world, probably. It's, it's not what I want. It's not even close. I couldn't stomach it. The way that they treat people, the lack of humanity, empathy. They make you look like a saint. And I realized more and more as I sat there with each lesson about forks and things that weren't forks. <laughs> I found myself daydreaming the time we spent together to get here. And I thought to myself, that's worth living, at least by comparison. It's it's what I want. So I came to see if you'd have me back. I know you're trying to find your your home and I'll do everything I can to help that happen. If you have me. Well then, in a way, I guess we've all been searching for our family, but you have to understand, there's two different types of family. There's family you're born with, and then there's the family you find along the way. And Charles Smoot kind of looks off distantly as Kelsey's walking to get insert warm beverage. So, of course your family will have you back then. You're always welcome here. Thank you, Charles. No, no more crying. We can't afford any more of that today. I have a reputation to uphold. You already hear whispers of people being like, I didn't know that man could cry. It was like watching a full-grown baby. I will suplex you. Charles Smoot just like wheels around very quick as he hears these rumors spreading. <laughs> Silence falls across the groups. Hmm. That's the Smoot I know. Well... We gotta make up for lost time. Um, there's a lot to fill you in on. Who knows, maybe you've been the missing piece of the puzzle that we've been lacking for these past four months. Well, I've learned a lot about grapes. <laughs> the grapes of wrath, the grapes of peace, the grapes of joy, oh, I'm sorry. The fruits of the spirit. Kelsey comes uh. back after a moment and places down warm beverage on the table. Oh yeah, that's the stuff. You know, we really should go back to that place that's close to eat. Oh, yeah, get that food. Yeah. Does, I'm sorry, was I interrupting? Does Finn notice that Kelsey's injured? Um, yes. You see, as you look her over, that she has a slight bruising and gash on her left arm. Go ahead and roll another perception check for me, though. That'd be a 24. You notice that there is... A relatively fresh-looking scar tucked underneath of the top of her green coat, which she seems to adjust as she sits down and pulls the coat a little bit further over it. You see it on the right side, almost cresting over the nape of her neck towards the clavicle. My, you have been working yourselves to death. Oh, you should know my uh, affinity for the arcane is has dwindled over time, but I have picked up medicinal uh, skills. Oh, that's awesome. 
It's actually a long story, but it seems I have a knack for it. It's not as quick, but I can suit you pretty well. If you'd like, I could patch you up when we get a chance. She smiles and nods. That'd be nice, Ben. Thank you. I'm glad that you're back. Uh, will you be staying? She looks at you with this inquisitive glance and some hope in her eyes. He'll say with a smile, for as long as you'll have me. That's great. So you're back for good now? I am. I guess things didn't work out with your family then. Oh, wait, so you know about this? Well, uh, I thought I told you this. You How know, was I the only one left in the dark? Um, well, there were some things that happened and I didn't want you to be upset with him. You're quite intimidating. Was it just because I haven't shaved in about, like, four months doesn't mean that uh, my complexion is still not as rosy and cherry as Santa Claus? Yes, he's been working on his Kelsey, and I've been working on my Smoot. I don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He'll say that after looking at uh, just Smoot and looking at her. I don't see it. (laughs) Oh, hold on, I got this. Now, Kelsey, you listen here. We're gonna... Okay, I know it's a really bad impression. I'll, I'll okay, work on it. Gotta give more rasp in there. I'm, I'm sorry. Valen could probably do it better. Speaking of which, did he uh, go off again? Yeah, I think so. <sighs> it's all right. We uh, let him have his space. What we should probably do is um, actually check in with the information desk this time and see what direction we need to take next with this mission. Right. I don't want to stand in that line. She looks over there and gestures at the line that has gotten longer. We've been over this. The longer you wait, the longer it will get. I can do it. It was only maybe 20 minutes last time. Uh, certainly. Uh, however, comma, um, we, we are the individuals who took the quest, not you. You don't even know what quest it was. Oh, I suppose you're right. I'm telling you, giant massive creatures, like billion robot legs, giant red glowing eyes, explosions everywhere. Oh my gosh, wait, what? No, there was no giant red glowing eyes. There was, like, green skin everywhere. Oh gosh, the frogs again. I don't know if it was a frog. It was loud, though. Kind of like, um, I don't know, like those drakes? Oh, stomping, giant stomping feet, at least 80 feet tall. I think there was fire everywhere, too. Absolutely terrifying. I don't know if I want to go back. We might have to, though. So, that sounds like something you're up for, Pinavir. I think you'll find that I can handle myself a little better in a fight than I once did. Oh, look at us. Little Finn's all grown up. He is grown up. And Kelsey also, like, gives him a pat on the back, imitating Charles Moot, trying to give you a nice, firm pat. Like, she's putting effort into this. Oh, there's that Smoot you've been telling me about. Yeah, well, we've had to spend a lot of time together. So... You make it sound like it's a chore. Sometimes it is, Mr. Smoot. Smoot will storm off and begin waiting in the information line. All right, roll me 2d6s, please. Oh, baby. There's another guy at the front of the line. Oh, yeah, a three and a five. Okay, 35 minutes. There's another guy at the front of the line who is just regaling his tails. He looks like a bard. He currently has a loot on him. He is starting to play. Everyone in line is groaning. Hey, minstrel, I will decapitate you and break your guitar. Roll Intimidate. It's a loot, uncultured swine. <laughs> 22 for Charles Smith's Intimidate. Okay, so th- this guy is literally just strumming a little bit, and then you hear as like one of the strings like breaks under the pressure. 
He just looks around awkwardly and then scurries off. But the lie moves a little bit faster after that, but you are there for about 35 minutes until you reach the front of the information desk. You see a girl there with blonde hair parted to the right. All right, Nora, we need to know. Hold on, I have to do my spiel. Hello, hello, welcome to the information desk. How may I help you? Thank you. Does that make you feel better? It does. Nice and empowered. It's all I'm, it's all I'm paid to do. I think you're paid to do a little bit more than that. Uh, speaking <laughs> of which, um, can we get paid for having completed this much? And Smoot will slide across a surveyed area map, which is only partially completed. Hmm. Well, let's see. Uh, mm-mm. Yeah. Let me pull out the book of rules. Yeah. She pulls out this very large, thick tome. You never see her pull this out, really. You know it exists. You also know that the guild doesn't follow, like, half of it. I think you'll find that there were some very serious extenuating circumstances as there were little tiny death arachnid robots that exploded on contact and had laser eyes. Let's see. Well, according to the protocols, because this ruin that you went through was newly discovered, it is required that, uh, let's see, it was by the Seekers of Steel Tier. Right? So then it was passed on to the bronze tier, and you guys picked it up. Uh, But the quest is not complete. I can take it off your hands for you, but that's going to affect your ranks. You can get paid half, though. How much is that? So, foundlings. Pathfinder 2nd Edition numbers are completely different when it comes to money. So, I apologize. This might need to be redacted later. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you'll receive half the reward, which will be about 80, 86 silver. Oh, oh, gosh, we didn't even get to find any relics while we were there. We barely got thrown. We kind of just ran away at the front gate. Um. Also, I specifically received a message for you from Eden. I believe it was, I don't pay you to be cowards. I have great expectations for you and your crew, Charles. If you quit on this mission, I swear to Isos that I will personally come and murder you. I think I added that part myself. Anyway, it's up to you. No, 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 it's fine. Your deal was a ripoff anyways. I think I will just have to uh, reconvene. Uh, Do you know where I can find the nearest EMP? I'm sorry? Uh, Relic that would disable other relics and or electronically powered devices. Oh, don't worry. Lord Eden already knew that she would be quitting on this one. She had feelings about that. Uh, So she said, ahem. And I quote, return to the archive when you are ready to depart again. You will be provided with extra supplies just this once. And then I was supposed to smack you, but I can't reach you, so. I'll, I'll bend down. And Charles Smoot like squats a little. She bops you on the head. You have to work on that. She would hit me harder. And Charles Smoot just kind of gets walking away. Oh, maybe I should have had Zora do it then. She really hits hard. Uh, don't remind me. All right, gang. Well, it looks like we need to regroup with Valen and see how soon we all feel like heading back out again. Ah, right. I had a feeling this was going to happen. We can at least sleep here for the night and recoup and have a bed for the first time in about a week and a half. Are we going back to John's place? I mean, it's a free pad. Do you pay rent? I don't pay rent. I get free lodging. Finnevere is free free. Free is free. And I'm pretty sure that is the best type of room. Right. Well, hopefully Valen's there. <gasps> we can go to that, that place that's close to eat then. Absolutely. It's right on the way. Perfect. I'm famished and I know we're going to be going into a late lunch. So you all head out from the keep and you go 
to John Xavier's place. Go. To, we we stop and have a charming dinner at that place, which is close to eat, regaling each other in tales, catching up as we've been separated for many months before eventually returning back to John Xavier's abandoned and now squatted in home. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got to explore a little bit of John's home. He really didn't have much. Of course he didn't, that conniving snake. He never planned on staying here. Oh, interesting. Very, very interesting. That or he has a hidden stash somewhere you just got, you guys haven't been able to find. Who knows? That would be so embarrassing. Like, he, like we see him he, uh, show up here while we're, we're resting here and then like he turns over a tile and suddenly there's a an entire secret room of treasure that we never found and we've been staying there for four months. Like an artifact gun and he points it at one of us. Just like, what are you, I'm sorry, what are you all doing here? Why are you stupid? <laughs> Joke's on you. John, our best friend. <laughs> Anyway. Ah, my favorite person to murder. Oh, dear God, people. It's not that serious. I will kill him on sight. I feel like mistakes have been made overall. So, yes, you go back to John's place where you find, unfortunately, Valen, who is currently asleep at the table with a bottle in his hand. Charles Smoot won't disturb him. He will just put a blanket over his shoulders and write a note for him. Hope you slept well, but hopefully you didn't drink too well because we'll be headed out, hopefully tomorrow morning, to continue our expedition. You're just going to leave him there? Yeah, I guess he deserves it this time. Yeah, he kind of does deserve it. Uh, how many days in a row does this make? Uh, I think six. Yeah, I think we need an intervention here. Anyway, we'll talk about this later. So, I sleep over there. <laughs> I... Notice that Farron isn't with the party anymore. Is she okay? Oh, yeah, funny you should ask. We actually did run into her on our way back. She helped us when Valen was injured. She She's fine. She's back at her home village, actually. She's looking after her father um, with the turmoil in the area. As it's been getting worse, she didn't wish to leave him in his more elder state. Just in case anything did break out, she wanted to be there for him. Yeah. She also said she would be sort of, uh, an informant for us. Well, more specifically for Valen, since, you know, all that happened. That means we got two double agents. We have Farron, and we've got David. Oh my gosh, David! I know! I don't know if you've heard anything from him, but uh, he is doing, uh, supremely well. I, I heard. know! We got a postcard! He said he's in the real estate business. Yeah, He'll be look. running the country soon enough. He even had a portrait drawn of himself on the postcard. Oh, I did the portrait. Really? Well, that was surprisingly good. I actually complimented it when I saw it. It's literally the first business card. <laughs> World's first business card. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, that explains so much. You you started the world's first business card enterprise? <laughs> David just giving you all the ideas? Yeah, that was his idea. They seem to be very popular. It's, uh, the business exploded. Uh, the Merchant's Guild actually uh, had to put the hammer down on him until they could get a hold of the situation. Oh. Oh my goodness. So wait, has he really... He, lo he looks really skinny in this. Has he lost a lot of weight? Is he eating okay? Oh, I guarantee you he's been eating just fine. Oh, okay. I hope David's okay. I hope everything's alright there. I hope there's no war. There's a lot of hopes here. Suddenly, like, far away, 
on the most luxury set of uh, linens and, and pillows. Achoo! <laughs> <laughs> so, you all rest and then awaken the next day, heading back towards the guild hall. Oh, uh, is, is Valen still asleep at the table? No, oh. he's awake. Oh, he's... rise and shine. Nice to see you, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, am uh, I talking too loudly for you? He glares at you angrily. Why, you, you, you're a monster, you know that? Oh, well, and here I made you a cup of warm beverage. He looks at the warm beverage. Smooth did indeed make him a cup of warm beverage and hands it to him. He half smiles and takes it and sits back down, realizing he doesn't want to sit back down because it hurts. He stands back up and stretches instead, and then sips from the drink, holding his head due to the headache and uh, <laughs> hangover he's experiencing. I know this is no consolation, and uh, it would be nice to rest, but unfortunately we were not relieved of our duties. We still have to finish our expedition in the ruins. However, uh, it appears as Eden isn't as cruel as most people understand her to be. Uh, and she is going to be giving us additional supplies to aid with our venture. Oh, wonderful. That would have been great to have. The first time, that's what I said. Honestly, I can't stand things that go bump in the night, or things that go bump behind me. Well, you might have missed it, seeing as you are passed out drunk unconscious on our table, but we found ourselves a Finnevere. He looks over and... His eyes grow wide. He literally has not noticed your presence until you were pointed out. Hi, Valen. Oh, it's the hair. The first words out of his mouth are not, hello, how are you? It's rather, how are things in Rayland? How is my family? What's going on there? As he's saying this, he drops the cup and walks over to you, putting his arms on your shoulders. There is this wild and intense expression in his eyes. My warm beverage! It's alright, Mr. Smoot. We'll make another one. Repairs are underway. The real estate business is booming. <laughs> I don't think I've that's been, what he meant. <laughs> I've been barred from information involving the Greys, aside from news that Desmond was named Regent, and an inside source is he will be named King very soon, if not by the time I got here. He releases you and slinks back to the table sitting down, putting his head in his hands there is no sign of relief, only anguish in this young man's face but he seems to silently sit there and hold back any tears that he that might be welling up inside of him right, sorry I don't have more information when you're feeling up to it, I do have some questions for you, but they can wait. He pinches the bridge of his nose, seeming to try and calm himself down for a moment before he gets back up. Right. We should probably get going then. Right, adventure. Are we storming the cornfields for more rats, or are you bronze adventurers find yourself for more interesting uh, and lively quests nowadays? honestly, the rats would be just fine. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't mind getting uh, back to the old grind as uh, I, I'm told I'll be uh, uh, let go from the secret program if I don't complete a mission, like, promptly. 
well, good for you that we are legally obligated to complete a mission quite promptly. So we will be headed out. Um, as far as the lucrative nature of everything, uh, the world is in chaos. The economy's crashing. Prices are all over the place. I don't even know what we get paid anymore. I don't know what anything's priced at anymore. <laughs> the economy is crashing. <laughs> uh, callbacks. Well, Vinavir, you're more than welcome to tag along with us, complete this quest, and um, completing bronze tier quests will hopefully help you ascend to the ranks of steel relatively quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, however, comma, I do regret to inform you that uh, we cannot help you in your seeker promotion test. So when you are up for promotion in the steel tier, uh, we can't join you. Also, uh, please make sure you're ready for this one. Remember what happened to the last Steel Tower guy that we let in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't pretty. Yeah. Lost another one? As his eyes started rupturing from his skull, oozing pus is disgusting. Oh, yeah, no. Just just be careful of altitudes and ascending too quickly. Yeah, not a good thing. And beware of the blue-capped mushrooms. Do not eat those. Don't touch them. Why are you eating mushrooms? Is it? I'm not. That's why I'm still alive. Uh, all right. Point taken. I bet Mest would have enjoyed them. Everyone uh, sort of sighs and looks down at the ground. Except Balin, who's still kind of confused about these other people. Yeah, and let me tell you, the bronze tier seeker test is not easy. We've already failed. Once. But second time's the charm. Yeah. Well, hopefully this time we have a full uh, team of four that might help. We'd have to wait for him to get promoted. And then climb through bronze. Why don't you talk to your girlfriend about it then? Rebel, rebel, rebel. Yeah, rebel, I will. Rebel, rebel. Some exceptions may throw my weight around a little. Oh. Anyways, we're going to the archives. Charles Smoot indignantly storms out of the building. Kelsey indignantly follows after, but then comes back. Boys, let's go. Right. Valen. Uh, come on. Whether he wants it to or not, help him up. He'll reach his arm around and come on. Come on. <sighs> Fine. He does help you help him. <laughs> help me help you. Help you help me? Yeah, so you guys do make it back up to the keep. And, well, I hope you're ready. You actually make your way almost directly to the archive where Musa is at his desk. His desk. Where he launches into this tirade of an explanation of all the things that are there. And you must assume then that these are what are being sent with you by Lord Eden. All right, so first of all, you're going to get the relic back. The relic back allows you to use three, or uh, hold three relics all at once without that counting towards your total relic count. Uh, meanwhile, they also receive the detonation of tracking, which when it explodes allows you to track creatures uh, for up to, uh, I believe, uh, 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 24 hours. Uh, and then um, beyond that, uh, the eagle's eye, this pill you uh, ingested, and will help you to see better. All right, Musa, that's all fine and dandy, and I get this is what Eden had set aside for us. Um, is there any way that you have any, like, electromagnetic pulse thingy that's, like, really good against mechanical creatures? Something I could purchase off of you, even? That is too dangerous for me to give you. I cannot do that. No, 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 no. If I did that, I would get in trouble by Eden. Eden would never let me have, let you have one of those things. Absolutely not. Um, perhaps, perhaps another day. Maybe I could talk with Eden about getting that. Maybe I could just talk with her, and then she'll have words with you directly. No, 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 please. Are you sure? No, no, I can go get her right now. Please, I'm Why is that, or you could just sell me the object that I want? I cannot sell it to you. It is in the archive. It is locked away. You cannot go back there. It is not safe. Ah, uh, fine. We'll just have to make do with this. Clearly, Eden thought it would be enough, either that, or she just wants to watch us struggle and laugh. He 
he kind of chuckles. <laughs> Probably the latter, of course. Bosa, if you did not constantly give me good things, I would punch you in the face. All right, everyone, to the gate. Bosa sort of shudders as you say that. He is a very small and fragile-looking man who works in this archive. He is a scientist through and through. He couldn't take a punch if you threw it at him. Aylin, you remember the code combination to get to the gate we need, right? Uh, yeah. Right. All right. Then away we go. Oh, gosh, are we going to use that ghastly oval mirror thing? Oh, that's right. This is only your second time through it, champ. Uh, yeah, you're probably going to have to deal with the reverse sickness. You see as Valen begins to enter in the codes on the side of the mirror where there are buttons that are pressed. Is there a chance that Finn could try to memorize it? Sure. Ah, I guess Lore Seeker's fine. It'll be a 17. You you get a, uh, the first few numbers, but you're unable to follow the rest of the pattern as his body ends up blocking them. But you see as the mirror suddenly lights up in the center, the reflection now showing an image on the other side of a sort of tropical-looking biome. Your Hold reflection it. disappears from your side, and you now see through this mirror. All right, ladies, after you. He clearly looks at you, Finevere, and Kelsey as a joke. Oh, tropical. Not as Kelsey as the joke, but you as the joke, because otherwise it's... <laughs> Never mind. Well, it may be tropical, but it is not a vacation, Finevere. Stay on guard, or you will die. Right. Tally-ho! Let's see. He'll, he'll jump ahead. Oh, okay. So you extra propel yourself forward. Yeah. Beautiful. I love it. He gets launched 100 feet forward further yep. than everyone else. Okay. Flies the air. Crashes. Landing. So actually, because you are running through the gate, this does propel you faster than you normally would. Oh, no. That's going to make the So you, it does make the check a little bit harder. I need you to roll a fortitude save to avoid the effects of the reverse. All right. We got 13. Oh, no. I think he's going to be sickened for a while. This is a critical failure. <sighs> oh, no. That's not good. What happens on a critical failure, Em? <laughs> you come out the other side of the mirror and you land smack dab like you are propelled out of the mirror and you are hit against a wall and then your body falls back onto the ground. You vomit and, of course, as the effects of the reverse have always been, up is down, down is up back is forward. It's it's all so confusing. You can't control your body movements. It takes you a full minute to recover. You are sickened for one hour. Oh, oh my gosh. My insides want to be on my outsides and my outsides feel like my insides. Alright. Uh, Charles Smoot, please yeah, roll your save. Uh, 26 for Charles Smoot. That's a pass. Kelsey steps out and she's perfectly fine again. She has gotten used to this, and she's been using her smoothness to uh, get about. Balin, on the other hand, being hungover and, well, experiencing his finivir today, also collapses on the ground and is vomiting. Up is down, down is up. He is also not appearing very well and is likely going to remain ill for a good bit. Oh, goodness, guys. Come on, you need to work on your smoothly nature. I'm sorry, I'll never, I'll never drink again. I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, we are not your AAE meeting. We're not going to be giving you any chips here. Wait, 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 wait. This is all we had to do? Kelsey gets very upset about this, by the way. What do you mean? All we had to do was just throw him through a mirror just to get him to stop drinking? Potentially? Oh, we should have done this months ago. Oh, my God. All right, boys, come on, get up, please. Oh, this is disgusting. I, I, wait, I don't we, think we, I can. I don't know how to up anymore. We help them to their feet, and for the duration of their reverse sickness, we will effectively cart them along in the direction we need to travel. You, okay, so when you say you are, both of you are helping them up, it's really Charles Smoot who is lifting both the boys up. Kelsey's more on the side of Valen supporting him. She can't be, otherwise it's a circle, it doesn't work. It's all right, here you go, Finn. And Smoot will just literally sling Finn over his back, giving him a, a forced piggyback ride. Just wrap your arms around and don't let go. Or if everything's reversed, try to let go. All right, I'll give that a... Okay, no, no, that's way too tricky. Um, he, he grabs her butt for a second. Oh, just stop thinking about it. <laughs> just don't think about it. Oh, is that how you were? Is that how we smoot? And you just stop thinking. Hold on, hold on. I gotta think about this. Um, So, speaking is also difficult on a crit fail. So, like, half the words coming out of your mouth are garbled. It's not even, like, English or common. It makes no sense whatsoever. You're babbling like a baby. It sounds right to you in your head. Valen, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you just hear him start screaming. I wrong don't know, you think. Oh, God. Okay. Kelsey, just putting your earplugs in. I'm just ignoring them both. I think start you me like that. <laughs> Char- Charles Smoot just, he grabs candle wax and just like plugs it in his ears. And it is so very... This only lasts for a little bit. Valen's screaming kind of stops, and you notice that the la- the screaming kind of turns into a laugh, and your speech, Benavir, becomes normalized as your body returns to regular functioning. Oh, go, go, that was terrible. Real quick, seeing yeah. as we have already partially surveyed this area, do we have a general idea of where we need to be headed? Yes. So um, I'm going to have you all roll the perception check for me, since technically, while you guys have been here... You haven't been here, so. Total 25 for Charles Smooth. 23 for Finn. You are in another underground ruin. Finnevere, welcome back. Underground. This is a massive cavern, as before. This place looks like it was artificially carved out in some way. Some of it is natural, but a lot of it is strangely unsettling. The biome here does appear to be uh, tropical in nature. There are large trees creating a grove in front of you. The mirror gate that you are standing on is actually mostly on a flat area at equal level of the base of the trees. You can't see over them, unfortunately. You hear the sound of strange insects and other potentially tropical creatures that you aren't sure exactly aren't exactly sure what they are but as you are looking around you see large trees that have fallen over in a sort of line and you realize that there seems to be tracks here large and inhuman the tracks are probably about half the size of charles moot's body oh they have really big frogs here yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is left over from yesterday, and we do not want that to happen again. Uh, how, however, comma, um, 
thankfully it is not here at the moment, and I would like to keep it that way. Uh, Finn will take out a, a pair of the uh, the bearings and start fidgeting with them. Is this like a nervous fidgeting that he it's does? It's a nervous fidgeting, and it's also like prep for battle. Best to be on your guard. And as Charles Smoot says this, uh, he pulls out a masterwork steel shield, which you have not seen him wield before. Uh, and it also seems as if he's been lugging around this entire time in an eight-foot-long sword. And uh, Finn will take out his little wooden shield. And his dagger. <laughs> Kelsey um, unsheaths a small dagger that she has as well. One that she's been carrying around for a good long time. But you see that she has a thin and delicate metal chain connected to it. And she kind of twirls it around. Ooh, exotic. Oh, thanks, I know. And she does like a little cute dance. Whoa, 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 whoa. I guess you've uh, practiced with that. Like if it's twirled around, it's, you know, yeah, sharp object no, going she, around. So Kelsey twirls it around and actually does a few tricks with it, moving it. And she demonstrates that she has a lot of control with the dagger. I've been having to practice, because if I don't, I become a target. And, well, I have some other things I've been working on, too, so... Anyway, um... Kelsey, do you have any uh, intuitions about which direction might be the right way to go? I told you, Mr. Smoot, it doesn't work like that. I asked if, not can you magically divine. No, I don't. Okay, fine, that's all you have to say. You don't have to give me an attitude about it, young lady. Ah, whatever doesn't work that way, Dad. God, Dad! You don't even know what it's like. Why don't you define where to go? Well, fine. How about we just go hunt the big thing, then, and get it out of the way? <sighs> sure, we can do that. Or we can look at what we've already gotten. I mean, why don't you roll a knowledge seeker? Or lore seeker, I'm sorry. Lore! Lore! It is a 19 for Charles Smoot. 16 for Finn. Unfortunately, that's not enough. Um, For either of us? Ah, dang. Kelsey pipes up. Uh, from the other exploration that we've done, I think there's been a, a kind of pattern where generally the ruins are either towards the back of the cavern or centralized. So we got around a good well, part of the outer rim of this area and we didn't see anything. So we could try and head towards the center. Which direction's the center from here? Uh, Charles Smith will make a survival check? Yes. 26 for Charles Smith's survival. Oh, yeah. So, your mirror gate seems to be on the far west side of the cavern. You know that there is a wall uh, probably about half a mile away to the back side of the mirror. And the grove of trees is directly ahead of you to the east. It does seem to also branch up towards the north and south so the forest basically encompasses most of the area but seems to be kind of centralized because you can see that there is an outer rim of cliffs which you could potentially attempt to climb up if you wanted to but it would probably take a good bit of rope which I don't know if you brought with you or not I mean we can climb we can make athletic strikes without rope to climb though yeah absolutely yeah Um, the cliff faces seem to be relatively sharp at about a 40 degree incline uh, where they slope inward towards the walls and the cliffs themselves the, the plateaus of them protrude out overlooking a vast majority of the cavern um, well we have a few options uh, we could 
climb up there uh, and, and take this pill that Musa gave us and probably be able to survey the entire area. Or we can blindly delve headfirst into the woods. I have a spyglass that helps. That quite probably would. Right, if we were higher, since the forest is directly in front of us, we could... I could climb a tree? I literally just said we could climb the cliffs. Right. That oversees everything. Yes, I know. I'm saying we can't really see through the woods, so we need to climb. Okay, never mind. Right. Well, well, we'll make our way up the cliffs. I've uh, had a bit more practice with climbing. They all look at you, both Kelsey and Valen, looking you up and down. He, he has one more strength than he had before. He's Yay! not zero anymore. That's amazing. You know, five push-ups, five sit-ups, and about like a, a ten-minute walk a day. <laughs> Ah, the very early stages. So, you approach over to some nearby cliffs, which aren't very far from where you are. Do you go um, behind the gate, or do you kind of go? Do you go north or south or west? Whichever cliff is closest to the centralized area. Think of the forest like it's almost in a sinkhole, and that the cliffs are literally surrounding the entire outer rim of this region that you've explored at least. So there are cliffs behind you and there are cliffs to the north and south. The closest would probably be the ones to the west. Then we'll go that way, to the west. Whichever way is closest. Alright, so you begin heading towards the far end of the cavern. And when you reach the cliffs you look up at the sloping sides. Ah, That's going to be a difficult climb. You brought your rope with you, didn't you? Yeah? I brought some. Well, between all of us, if we all have a little bit, when we just pick it up after us as we climb along, every time we reach a summit, hopefully it gets us there. Okay. Um. So who is going to be attempting to climb up? Uh, Charles Smoot would definitely be. And he would also be trying to go first to climb and fix any ropes up top to make it easier for anyone after him to climb up. Okay. Okay, so just going to be Charles Smoot then? I, I suppose, because if he can get that rope up, that would make things uh, infinitely easier. Okay, so what does Finnevere do then? Uh, well, when the, he would wait for the rope, or he would hand the rope to Smoot. He brought some standard rope. Okay, uh, 50 foot. so would... H- how tall is the cliff? Yeah, that's a good question. Me, the GM, we're going to roll that. Because that does de- matter if we do need to tie the rope together, which would dictate what he would be doing. I mean, if we could go 50 foot at a time, that would work. 100 feet. Before the next summit? Yes. So then we would have to fasten two ropes very tightly together. Or, or, or find a way to make it two trips, but okay. We'll, we'll or, yeah, yeah, I could bolt in at two different locations, two different ropes. Yep. One halfway up and the other so one sure. all the way a lot safer. Sure. That works for me. I do have a hammer and a python. Um, Smoot will be freescaling it, as he is the most adept at climbing. Uh, and then he would attempt to fix the said climbing apparatus for the compatriots down below him to make their climb easier. Do you have a climb kit? I didn't have it written down as a climbing kit, but I'm pretty sure I have all the components of a climbing kit. I believe that gives you a... It should give you a bonus. Nope. Pathfinder 2E, climb kit? All it says is climbing kits allow you to attach yourself to the wall while you're climbing, moving half as quickly as usual, but it lets you to attempt a... DC 5 flat check whenever you critically fail to prevent falling the entire distance. That is the benefit of climbing kit. That is important. So if you fall, you don't die. Okay. So, Charles Smoot, um, begin your ascent. Please roll your first climb. 
total 17 for Charles Smoot. Okay. And Charles Smoot, you begin climbing your way up the side of this cliff. You are able to find some decent footholds and handholds going up. Though, as you manage to get a little bit, uh, let's say, 20 feet off the ground, you do feel some of your, uh, your, your foot slip a little bit underneath of you. I need you to roll a athletics to hold on. 31. So you grip on tightly to the wall and you slam in your crampon into the wall, finding a softened spot, and you latch on. So... At what points would you try to fasten this, by the way? Because sometimes you'll fasten it relatively early to start the rope. Yeah, I think you're supposed to fasten it like yeah. every like five to ten feet. You begin uh, fastening it as you please roll another climb check. 32 for Charles Smoot. All right. You make the ascent all the way up to the initial 50 feet, where you continue to fasten in the rope. Roll your hopefully last climb check to see if you can make the final 50. 18 for Charles Smoot. Okay, Charles Smoot, once again, climbing up. You are doing relatively well, but some parts of this rock wall are soft and they crumble under your hands and feet. Please roll another athletics to try and grab on. Wow! Uh, 25 for Charles Smoot. All right. I want you to know. You're terrified. When I have been rolling a 17 and an 18, that was a natural one and a two. Interesting. Well, you technically can't critically fail. Well, you can if you miss the DC by 10 or more, but Charles Smoot's athletics check in his favored terrain is a plus 16. You make it about 25 feet, so I need you to roll one more time. Please look. Dear God, let this be the last one. 26. Yes. So you make it all the way to the top, fastening your rope, and you have made an easier climbing path for anyone else wanting to go up or go down. But you reach the top, and you see the entirety of the cavern. Dissimilar to the first one that you were ever in, this cavern is nowhere near as large. It seems that that one is very specifically a training grounds. Because it has multiple biomes, this one in particular has a singular biome that is tropical and more like a jungle. You see tall trees almost breaching towards the top of the cavern, sort of blocking part of your view, but you are still able to see the top of the cliff on the very opposite side. There doesn't seem to be anything here that is remotely dangerous that you can observe, but you could try and roll a perception check to see if there's anything strange you spot since you have the pill. And do you have Finnevere's Spyglass? Uh, I don't have Finnevere's Spyglass. I would wait for him to come up, but Charles Smoot would pop that pill. Okay. So, for All the next right. three hours, you have been blue-pilled. All right, Peter Jackson, what am I elf I see? Yep, perception, please. All right, uh, 28 for Charles Smoot's perception, attempting to locate uh, any would-be runes in this tiny cavern. Also trying to tell about how large this cavern is. I know you said it was smaller, not multiple biomes, but a rough estimate. Yep. Um, Finnevere, you were down below. Did you want to try and climb up? The DC is much easier because he has attached this rope. Well, uh, assuming that the check is easier, I would like to take assurance. Ah, yeah. This is going to be his new inspired. I'm going to hear, can I take assurance? I guess. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Interesting. I suppose you can. 
All right, so that would be a automatic 18. Yeah, you're able to climb up there. It takes you, um, you, you still have to travel, I believe, your half speed. You'll get up there a little bit after Smooth's kind of done his initial surveying. You take this blue pill. Your pupils dilate, and then they sort of narrow, and you feel yourself being able to focus in on things that are so far away. You, This is like a miracle pill. You notice that your vision was starting to get a little bit worse as, you know, time was going on. It, it's gotten better because you haven't been staring at a computer screen for months, but this is the best you have ever seen. Actually, it's better than you've ever seen. You don't remember ever seeing anything, ever. I was blind before this pill. <laughs> but as you look over the cavern observing the area, you spot what appears to be a building of some sort amongst the trees, at least uh, the remains of a spire. You swear you see a clearing towards the center of the jungle. Can I tell roughly how far away that would be? Five miles, I believe. And also you asked about the size of the cavern. You estimate it's probably 10 to 15 miles across the original cavern that you were in, the gate was actually central and each of the cardinal directions was ten miles. This this cave is literally a quarter of the other cave. Um, hey everyone down there, I, we, we can turn around actually. You see as Finnevere is like getting ready to pull himself up over the edge. Oh, oh hey bud, uh, well I mean if, if you want to take it out feel free, um, but I, I know where we're going now. He pulls himself up. So you can head back down. Oh, oh! <laughs> but good to know that. Good to know you actually uh, were telling the truth, and you are slightly more adept at climbing. It was all a test. Remember, I am a teacher after all. I've been training myself to flex a little muscle. You, uh, you see a little little muscle. All right, so I'll climb his way down. <laughs> you take a breath, and then you start climbing and clambering your way down. Both take- of you. Take the spyglass next time. Ah, don't worry. Don't need it. Don't need it. Charles Smoot just stares into your soul. And as he stares into your soul, air quotes, you see that his irises are yellow. And they seem to dilate and constrict looking at you almost like he's seeing too much. Well, go, go, Smoot. More like go, go, Musa. He gave me some miracle bell. My eyesight has never been better. I wish this would last longer than four hours. You um, stare down the ground for a moment and you see that there is an ant crawling and you, for some reason, find yourself very focused on it. And then a mouse scurries by and you, your eyes dart towards it. I could die from up here and strike it. <laughs> hmm, there's a side effect to this pill, I guess. It makes you a natural predator. It does, technically. So, uh, yeah, slight movements do catch your attention as you see some rustling in the trees in the distance. We would make our way down, making sure to, at the very least, take our rope, if not our pitons. You climb down, gentlemen, and you make it down to the bottom. So, um, whoa. Uh, Mr. Smoot, your eyes are a little... Watch out, there's a spider over there 300 feet to your left. Can you please stop looking like that? No, 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 I really can't. I, I think maybe this is why Musa said be concerned if it lasts longer than four hours. Charles Moot, roll a perception check. What do my elf eyes see? What is your perception check? 33. Oh, yeah. Um, 
A natural crit on that one. Charles Smoot, you see in the trees some movement, and against the bark, you see the glint of metal, and you spot one of those round orb things with the metal legs. It turns its red eye towards you, looking directly at your eyes. And it looked at me, and I looked looked at at him, him, and he looked at me. But then, in the forest, you see the blipping of these red lights as they all seem to like turn their attention back towards you. Well, we've got company. And I think that is where we're going to end off this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. So, thank you for joining us in another episode of The Gate Chronicles where stuff has happened and we are uh, now in Pathfinder 2E. We're still learning. I'm going to have to write combat stuff. I was not ready for that this episode, so that's why we're ending it right now. <laughs> but... Again, we do thank you, Foundlings, for listening to these episodes and joining us each week with Missing Roleplayer Found. We hope that you continue to follow along with the story. We always want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfi with Michael Gelfi Studios, Monument Studios, because they make amazing music, as well as Yvonne Dutch for allowing us to use their music and ambiance in today's episode. We are so grateful. Also, thanks to Sirenscape for helping me put together my ambiances so I can play them at the table. My players can enjoy things. Yay. Like we said in the beginning, Foundlings, there's a really great way to support the podcast. Please go to our Patreon. Consider supporting and donating to the podcast because that does help us out a lot. Also, keep up to date with any announcements that we have to make through our social media accounts as well as Discord, our social media, Twitter and Instagram at RollFound. And Discord link is in our description below. Go to that link tree thing. Click it. Boom. There you go. All of the stuff is there. And Last but not least, make sure you're sharing this podcast with a friend, family member, dog, your cat. And also make sure your cat doesn't get a hold of your Nerf gun pellets because otherwise you'll lose them all. I think that's going to be it from me. Then we'll see you next next week on another episode of The Gate Chronicles. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.